Hello everyone and welcome to Indie Radio broadcast number 54. Indie Radio is an indie game development talk show which is here to bring you interviews with both large and lesser known developers, recap the latest news, debate about topics in indie gaming, and give you some tips and tricks for your journey into game development. Today is January 31st, 2015, and I will be your host, Brett Hudson, broadcasting live from the Midwest United States. Both Mike and Ian are out and about today. <laughs> uh, Ian's got plans, and Mike, uh, I think he was feeling under the weather. So, neither of them are here today, but that just means that I have our guest all to myself. You want to introduce yourself? Hello. Yes. Hi. How are you today? My name <laughs> is Dan Powell. I'm an independent game developer. Uh, most of you probably know me either from Ludum Day and doing the Ludum Day keynote and being involved in the Ludum Day community, or you know me as someone who says incorrect and inappropriate things on Twitter. <laughs> or, or someone who hangs out on Twitch a lot, annoying people. Perfect. Um, and moderating some streams. Uh, but yes, I'm, I'm a game developer. Yeah, I think I originally came in contact with you from the Ludum Dare IRC. Yes, that, that well could have been it, because I've, I've been using that IRC for... Oh, how old am I now? Years. <laughs> Five years. Five years. <laughs> um, yeah, so Ludum Dare is like a big a big slice of the Venn diagram of my indie life. Yeah, I I remember jumping in there like when I started high school, and I'm I'm out of college, so a few years. Yeah, it's no, I, I can <laughs> I should do big shout outs to the Ludum Dare community because it's it's like a this big part of my online life, and it's done a lot for me. It really has. Um, so that's big big shout outs to Ludum Dare. And speaking of IRC, we have an IRC channel where you can chat with me, chat with Ben, chat with the imaginary people on the show if you, you hear stuff. Uh, so our, our IRC cl- bleh, class, our IRC channel, see I'm, I'm in this programming mindset right now, I don't know why. Uh, the IRC channel is uh, Indie Function, just all one word. It's on the irc.fnet.org network. You can also access it by going to indiefunction.com radio and going to the bottom of the page. We have it embedded there. Just type in a username, click go, and you will be in the chat. And you can chat with me and, me and Ben and whoever else jumps in. We already have a couple people in there, so hello everybody. I suppose I should serve myself. Yes. Hello. Uh, oh, wait, I'm in the wrong room. That's why. <laughs> Never mind, I am off. All right. So, yeah. Come uh, okay. come jump in, and we'll, we'll have fun. Yes, lots of fun. So, uh, do you remember what, what the first Ludum Dare was that you did? Was it in the 20s, or was it in the teens? Okay, so Ludum Dare was not the first sort of thing I did. Originally... Before Ludum Day, I was into the Half-Life modding scene. <laughs> and then the Half- It was around about the time where Half-Life and Half-Life 2 were, were you know, Half-Life was turning into the Half-Life 2 modding scene. Mm-hmm. And my whole sort of... I, I wasn't really aware that you could be an indie game developer at the time. I liked video games, but I never made that connection that you could make games as a career. It was that kind of... I, I thought that fallacy doesn't... I don't think it exists anymore. I don't think people can say, oh, I don't know how to make, you know. If I talk to my nephew and he says, well, "What do you do? You grow up to? I can make video games," and, and I didn't, I didn't think of that when I was growing up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same, same thing here. Um, so I made that sort of realization around about the time when I was playing these Half-Life One mods, 
and I found you could make your own levels for them. And there was one particular mod called Zombie Panic, and and I made a few levels for it, and I really got into the, the community of that. And they, the people who made Zombie Panic ended up doing a source version of that. And I was sort of involved in, in first of all, playtesting, and then I did a little bit of code and stuff. This was just when I was learning to code, and I was pretty bad at it. And uh, so that was all exciting, you know, and I got to know a bunch of really cool people because I, I knew a bunch of people in like these different Half-Life modding scenes and this was all very sort of popular like six years ago. Uh, I, I don't think the modding scene is quite as quite as exciting these days for the Half-Life scene, I don't know. Um, but yeah, that, that was the... I, I know you asked me about Little Dare and I, I totally I gave you this whole preamble about how before I got to Little Dare. Um, but after that, I, I got um, I got involved in, in, in like I said, Ludum Day. And the, the <laughs> first one, uh, the first one I did, I did in, in C plus <laughs> plus. How did that go? Uh, it was it was like a baptism of fire. It was hell. I finished, so I was very pleased with myself. The art was terrible, but uh, and you know it still kind of is from me. But uh, <laughs> I, I finished, so I was happy. And and then I, I eventually uh, moved on to Flash and Flash Punk and using Flash Develop and, and all these sort of really cool free tools mm-hmm. um, to make Ludum Dare games. And I, I think I've done about 15 Ludum Dares. I think, oh. I think I started on 17 and they're like on 31 now. So, yeah, you know, quite, more than 10. More than half. <laughs> Yeah, I guess it is. Yeah, well, I think it was a real kind of exponential chart when it comes to Ludum Dare popularity. Mm-hmm. And I was sort of there when it was like 200 entries. So that was the beginning of popular. Because there's like 10 more jams before it where there was like less than 100. So I came along and then I'm like, oh, this is cool. And then I came like sixth place. And I'm like, yeah, that's great. And then 100 more people came next time and then 500 people more came next time and then another 500 people and now suddenly you know you, you'll come like 300 place even if you do something just as good yeah yeah <laughs> because the, the bar has been raised so much higher so yeah. now I can say yeah I placed fourth place in Rhythm Day once and they're like oh wow that's really good I'm like no it was when no one then did it <laughs> it's not about 100 people <laughs> yeah and the voting the voting uh, system was rigged uh, I don't know how it was back then. Uh, I, I remember the f- when I heard about it, it was either 18 or 19. And I was like, oh, that's cool. And then a couple went by, and I was like, oh, hey, I should try joining. <laughs> like, hey, duh, it's open to anybody. I should I should do it. I didn't actually finish one until this last one, though. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I didn't do this last one. This is the first one in, like, 10 <laughs> or more that I haven't actually did. I was sick, and I was like, no, I'm not doing it. I'm sick. Screw it. Yeah, do it. I had tried the the one that I got closest to before that was the twenty fourth. I was using C plus and that's why I decided to ask you. <laughs> I was going. I didn't understand. I I wrote my own uh, engine, kind of like based off of Flash Punk. It was using the Allegro library, and I was all like, "Oh, I'm so cool making a C plus game." I didn't understand why the delete operator existed. So <laughs> I think that's a common begin like early thing is you make things and you don't clean them up. Yeah, because the, <laughs> the, the game that I prototyped my engine with didn't use any graphics. It was just all, like, draw a rectangle. 
and draw a triangle and oh, stuff. Oh, yeah, you said Allegro, right? Yeah, I remember I played with Allegro when I was, like, 17. I forgot about this, like, nine years ago. And all I did was recreate Tic-Tac-Toe <laughs> and then never look at it ever again. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. And then, you know, Ludum Dare came around, and I, I decided to team up with my friend Cameron, and he made all this art, and... I, randomly the game would just crash and it would be at different times and i'm like dude i don't know what's going on and we had like two hours <laughs> left before the deadline uh it's it yeah. is it is definitely stress you know that's that's that's, that's what the theme of kind of a game jam is so to me oh it feels so great afterwards mm -hmm. like i did this amazing thing i managed to finish the, the mega game but it is it almost feels a bit like it is what indie and game culture is. It's it's a it's a very small crunch. Mm -hmm. So we could talk a little bit about you know crunch culture and is, is it a, <laughs> is it appropriate to encourage people to crunch? But um, crunch, crunch, I, I do still do them and I enjoy them very much and they've been very good for me. Yeah. Welcome to the uh, chat, Flood Killer. Feel free to ask questions and anybody that's just tuning in, uh, we do have an IRC. Uh, which is at the bottom of the radio page, and if you have an IRC client, it's irc.afternet.org network, and then the channel is just Indie Function, all one word. Yeah. All right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, we, we could totally talk about crunch culture if you wanted to. Well, that was just an idea. <laughs> it was just, a, I mean, that's a bit of a, a negative vibe, maybe. <laughs> well, we, we could talk about the positives of it. Well, it, like I said, <laughs> I would say jams are the positive... If, if, if you have, like, the bad, and we hear all about the bad all the time, right? You know, mm -hmm. hit, you know I'm working 80 hours a week or whatever at, at, at Blizzard or whatever of a company that loves to super crunch. Mm -hmm. And, you know, people people can't have families. And, I you know, I worked. I, I probably should have mentioned this when I did my little description of myself, but I worked at a video game company. Oh, okay. Uh, what, programmer there. Is it a semi-decently well-known company, or is it a small studio? It was it was Team 70. Team 17, that sounds The one to make the Worm series. Oh, right, right. Yeah, so it was, because you know, I'm in the UK, it's a UK company, I went there, this was about three, two, three years ago, and I, I worked there for a while. Um, so that, well, I haven't worked that much in, in video game companies, but I did I did work there, for, you know, so I had about nine months there. Just a little baby. <laughs> a little baby. <laughs> yeah. Um, where was I going with this with this with this line? Because I, I dipped into. Uh, I was talking about crunch culture. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I I don't know if I should tell a story, but I guess I should. I, I'm going to anyway. I was going to tell a story about my my boss there. I won't mention his name, but I remember him telling me because he had children and they were they were sick and he had to come to work, you know, and he had to work and and I. Uh, you know, I, I was young, and I was at a video game company, and I didn't care. I'd be like, yeah, I work forever. I don't, you know, it's not a problem to me. I'm, I'm enjoying being here, you know? Yeah. But um, for someone like that, you know, they, they, he showed me a picture of um, of, of uh, his child at, at, at drawn, and it's him and the family, and his father's, like, over there. And, uh, and I remember he said to me that, uh, you know, it was the, the idea of the daddy in the picture. Daddy was at work. You know that was that was that was the the thing in the picture. Like they're all together and he's at work. Mm -hmm. and I think that, like my boss was basically, uh, uh, you know, because he's all working all the time because it's kind of crunch culture. Yeah. So it's, I think it's very hard for people with families and, and people who want to be with children, you know, that kind of thing. Like I, I'm working at home, so it's very sort of comfortable for me. But 
yeah. corporate. That, that's that's what I would say is the negative uh, aspect of crunch culture. You know that kind of work. Man. But then we could talk about the positive, which is these these gems, these sort of people turn up and they, they make something over a weekend and, and and you get so much out of them and they 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 you know they're such a great positive influence on the on the game making community and they get so many mm-hmm. people to do and they're they're like a great challenge you know. Um, so. Yeah, it's it's a double-edged thing. I, I I like the idea of maybe doing one day a casual jam. Like you're only allowed to work like three hours a day on your jam for a week. <laughs> you know, like a chill jam. And I, I like the idea of that. Chill jam. Do it. I, I tend to find that I enjoy them, but I do. You know, you do get a bit stressed. You're like deadline, deadline, deadline. It's like it's like uh, you know, you went to college, right? It's like it's like the handing day of your assignments. Mm-hmm. That's what it feels like when I do those jams. I'm, on, <laughs> I'm back in college when I do those jams. Yeah, you should run a run a mini loom there and just have it be chill. <laughs> I've, never, I've never run a jam, you know. Um, I don't know. Uh, maybe maybe one day I should. I yeah. think if to run a mini loom there, I think you need to go on a three year waiting list. Really? The waiting list is huge for the oh, moment. Man. Yeah, I, I think they're shutting it down I think too. That's a bit of an overestimation. I think it's one, but still. Yeah. I think they are shutting it down too. So, I don't know if that'll if that's going to happen. They were talking about it a while back. I know that you know recent. Well, a few months ago, Mike Kasperzak, you know, he runs Lidum. Mm-hmm. Uh, he 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 went full time on Lidum Day, right? Yep. So I don't know what he's been doing with that recently. I haven't I haven't kept up with it. I uh, but I don't I don't know. I you know this. It's kind of there's the the potential there for all change, I would say. So I, I don't know where, what the future holds in regard to mini little days or or you know things other people organizing things. Yeah, uh, the the idea that he had behind it was um, the mini little days uh, came to being because there weren't jams all the time and you know three months to wait, especially for an impatient <laughs> high schooler, is is a long time. Uh, or, no, four months, I'm sorry. Um, it's three times a year, four months, okay. Uh, so he he was like, okay, let's do mini Ludendares between. But now, like, there's always ten jams going there's on at so the same time. Jams. There's, like, if I said, I want to do a jam right now, I think there's a mini Ludendares going on right now, I don't know. Something's going on right now, all the time. Yeah, Even if it's just, like, one game a month, you know? Yeah. You could, you could be doing something. So I I don't do that. Well, I do do jams. Like I do Ludum Day nearly, like nearly more than like ninety percent of the time I do Ludum Day when it's when it's on. And I've done a bit of the seven day FPS. I've done that twice, and those those both worked out very well for me. <laughs> um, and the seven day roguelike, those both were tragically terrible for me. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I was talking about making an RPG. Seven days is much more difficult to me. But um, yeah, I, I like you know if, if if that's definitely one of the things I've done the most. I have a lot of jams on my website. There's a lot of jam games. I make jams all the time, you know. I, and I I know a lot of jammers. Like you know, I, I think Sostosuski. You know, you know Sostosuski. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say there's, there's certain names you say and you're like I know that guy. Yeah, I I know him. Uh, and and he he loves jams and, and we we did like a one hour jam once and that kind of fun thing. <laughs> Yeah, I used to run three-hour jams. Do, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I used to run three-hour jams, and it's like some people are like, "What? What do you mean three hours?" But you can get a lot done. Like if you just sit down and only implement core stuff, like yeah, it'll be like dot adventures, but you can make those dots do things in three hours. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, the uh, the next seven day roguelike is in March. I might I might join. I'm not, I'm not sure I'm committing. I'm thinking about I'm thinking of the last two. I'm like, well, the last one I did, I worked like I worked way too hard on it. I worked like it was a little day all week, and I really killed myself. Like we're talking about crunch culture again. I really did overdo <laughs> it. I did like eighty hours or something. And then no one liked it, and I didn't like it. And it was like, ah, uh, never again. No. Um. That being said, I'll probably do it again. Mm-hmm. I just, like, the last, um, the 7-day FPS, I did have a thing. I'm like, okay, I'm going to start work at 12, end work at 8 p.m., 8 hours a day. That's it. And that's still, like, what, 50, 56, 56 hours. hours in a week. That's still a 56-hour work week, but that doesn't kill you, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you can still watch a movie <laughs> before going to bed, you know? <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, so definitely jamming and talking about jams is something I can do all day. Um, I, I guess, you know, for anyone who's sort of like, who, who, are you, who is this person you've got on the show? Uh, I, I'm someone who's, you know, you probably don't get many indies who haven't made it yet, yet being the key word here, remember that. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's, that's what I'm trying to do. You know, I've been working on a game for, this one game for more than a year and a half. I haven't put out any kind of... I don't have a website for it. I haven't really put out any major media for it. I just tweet about it. Because uh, I don't feel like it's ready, you know? Because I'm very much the programmer and not the artist. So artistically, it's not ready. Mm-hmm. And that makes it very difficult to, to build any kind of hypermedia or, or anything like that. And um, it's all very much, you know, things I'm doing for the first time. You know, like I, I was independent after I left the, you know, uh, working at Team 17. Uh, and I made a lot of mistakes. A lot of mistakes. Like, you need a lot more money when you quit your job. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's important. And uh, and just, like, organizational skills and, and, you know, all sorts of problems. And then things like I was doing things that I didn't really know how to do. So it's like half making the game and half learning about making games. And that makes it all take so much longer. And then a third half like, of I reiterating. So much, but <laughs> it took so long. Yeah. Um, yeah, and now I guess the third half's coming where I, where I finish it, but I'm, I'm 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 working on this game. I should probably talk about it a bit, I guess. You know, it's like I'm making a game. Yeah. So what, so it. does this does this game take place on a computer? Yes. And yes. it uses pixels. It, it uses pixels. It's nice. a puzzle game. It's called Equilibrium. Puzzle game. Equilibrium. And I I did have one little interview about it. On Indie Static. Ooh. Priestman. Are they around right now? I don't know. This was a this was a year and a bit ago, and it was when I was using like a completely different graphic style and working with someone else. This game's had like several do-overs, so it's you know it's it's suffered. Mm-hmm. But this version of it now, I've been working on for pretty much a year straight. Because I'm not, I'm not letting myself, you know, do something else. Basically, it's mm-hmm. like, this is this is the game. I'm gonna finish it. I like the concept. I must get it done. I'm going to get it done. So, if you if you kind of want to talk to someone who who hasn't made it yet, hopefully, or maybe maybe not. You know, but I, I don't know. You you can't. It's not always success stories. That's that's something I was thinking about. That you have a lot of successful people on your show. Yeah, mo- mostly, yeah, but we do have people that, you know, haven't made it yet, or 
have done something interesting, but it was kind of underlooked. And yeah, I mean, we're trying to get a variety. I've done a lot of jam games, and I think I, I'm I'm almost like an indie socialite. I kind of wedge myself into the scene and say, "Hey, you know, I'm here." <laughs> <laughs> We've got a uh, a certain certain person from the Ludendare in our IRC, uh, Sorceress. Hello, Sorceress. Oh my god, it's Ben! Shoutouts. With I, ten I exclamations. I've been there a lot today, <laughs> but more shoutouts. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I don't know. I don't know what I should be doing. Like, should I should I hype myself? Should I talk about? Yeah, uh, talk about this game, this equilibrium puzzle. No, it's so Fun. difficult to explain what it, how you play it. And I've had, like, you know, like, you have to do the pitch, right? Uh-huh. You know, like, please pitch this to me. And I'm like, it's a game that has magnets and orbs and a grid, and you have to place the magnets in a way that manipulates the, the orbs to go to the right positions, mm-hmm. and, then, and then you solve the puzzle. It's like, if, if I asked you, okay, explain to me what space chem is without mentioning the chemicals part. Alright, so it's this game where you. Hmm, space chemicals. I haven't played this yeah, in it's like. It's really difficult to explain. <laughs> I haven't played in three years. The mechanics of a game like that. You, It's spatial, and you place things, and it makes things happen, and you have to figure you out. You put combinations of things work. down, and you, you watch how it reacts, and you figure out the correct combination. Yeah, which is why I came up with a really interesting little story. I didn't want it to be a story game, but I had a little side story, and that was the idea that you are creating an artificial intelligence. Ooh. And by playing the game and solving the puzzles, you're kind of interacting like it's neurons and, and uh, you know synapses and connections, and by by solving the puzzle, you're 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 sort of replicating your own mental processes through this machine. And I thought that could be fun, you know, I could say, you know, now you've got to work on your spatial awareness and you have to solve the puzzle and you can see, like, I'd have this little background image of him getting, like, your spatial awareness together and you'd have to sort of make these little weird little moral decisions about your AI and I thought that could be a fun, um, a fun way to make a sort of puzzle game interesting. I wouldn't, I, I'm a bit worried I, it would be sort of obtrusive and, and, you know, please read this plot and then move on, but I would make it sort of a background thing in the game. So while you're playing the game, this thing is sort of, you know, kind of like when you play Portal or something, you're getting a little bit of fluff along with your meat. Yep. So would, would you do it through text or would you do it through a uh, audio source? Um, I would pro- an audio source, would, would, the first thing I think about when I'm that, I think expensive. So, <laughs> no. Uh, I, I would do, I think I might do visual instead, you know, like abstract little, little ideas. Okay. Um, well, then you got to pay for the art for that. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I'm, I'm doing my art. That's why, that's probably, oh. you know, I'm, I'm a one-man team here. Completely, uh, um, completely doing it yourself. Yeah, so, you know, because I'm, I'm a programmer, I, I've kind of sort of gone into the, the shaders and visual technology and... You know all that kind of heavy. I'm using these sort of abstract cons, uh, these abstract shapes and applying you know shares to them. So I have like all the blur effects, and I have like these these effects where I recreate things you use in Photoshop to make sort of like these cool color schemes. And I'm trying to make it sort of visually cool. It's it's it's, it's kind of cyber cyber computery mm-hmm. like this visual theme. If you, if you look at my Twitter, and I know that I think this. This this blog links the the people who you know like you'll have my 
Twitter or something. I don't know. My name's Ben Powell, so that's it. Just type that into Google and it comes up straight away. Yeah, it's two N's. <laughs> two N's. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's how I always remembered you, like, when I first joined Luden there, was, oh, hey, he's the Ben with two N's. Yeah, I, I always had my name as my alias, because I couldn't think of an alias that was any good. Mm-hmm. And I knew that my name was two N's, so it was kind of unique enough. And, and uh, I can't think of anything still. Maybe, like, <laughs> there's been some jokes later on, like, Ben ADP. I could have, that could be my alias. <laughs> ben ADP. Yeah, like, Ted ADP. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> that's the best I got <laughs> I, can't, I, I, I had a, a, a the only time I had an alias was when I used to play EverQuest mm-hmm. and I had the randomly generated one of Wood and Da and I can't have that one because I don't like it it's horrible and I never want that to be my alias so I just used my name so I'm a bit of an unoriginal yeah I I had a different username back in the day. I, I just used my full name. But it used to be BrettBoy129. And we, we're just going to pretend that never happened. That just that sounds like a very, you know, uh, Yahoo chat name. Yeah, it... Like, what's my name? BrettBoy129. That's like, you know, you can't really laugh at it. Because it's so, like, what everyone else had at the time. <laughs> yeah, every once in a while, someone will come in... Uh, to the IRC and be like, hey, Brett Boy, and I'll be like, oh, come on. Brett Boy, one, two, nine. Yeah, I, yeah, there's there's a bit of a backstory there. But yeah, I, I had Brett Boy, one, and then I signed up for the same thing again because I forgot my password, and they're like, you should be Brett Boy, one, two, nine. And I was like, well, what a great idea. Yeah. You and, and, your own yeah. Instead of Brett Boy, two, you know, just here's a new number. Whatever. <laughs> No one's gonna think of one two nine. Yeah, that's, Thanks. That's, that's, that's your original number. Thanks, Lego. Yeah, it was back when I was like eight, nine years old. <laughs> I don't want to. I didn't have the internet then, so that wasn't a problem. Yeah. Like young, young, young me didn't have a problem. I think. Yeah, I think it was at my grandparents' house. Mm-hmm. Like I said, true. my first thing was when I used to play on my father's computer. I play EverQuest. That was my first online adventure. And I was like, oh, it's other people. <laughs> I was amazed that there were other people doing these things. Yeah, and you run was, up to was, them. You know, if I play it now, I'll be like, oh, kill the beasts. But at the time, it's like, I'm on an online world. And I didn't know about wikis and things, so I didn't know what I was doing. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was adventure and exploration and dying repeatedly and sucking at the game. But I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I, I feel like it's a bit sad now that it is an adult, you know, game designer programmer. I, I'm not going to really get that feeling anymore. Uh, you might find it again someday. <laughs> uh, I guess it's like if you play Minecraft without using the wiki, and I think everyone, to a certain extent, goes to the wiki eventually. Yeah. Uh, so it's kind of like the, the the spirit of adventure can only take you so far. That's, mm-hmm. that's yeah, what I really liked about that at first was, like, uh, you would always have one friend that, like, would go to the wiki or whatever, mm-hmm. and then everybody else wouldn't, so there'd be kind of this this uh, this word of mouth, like, oh, hey, dude, check this out, and, like, put, put three wood um, on the top, three wood on the bottom, and then some books in the middle, and then, oh, you get a bookshelf, ah, cool. <laughs> what was that, dude? Nothing. Well, now it does something. Yeah, now it does something. 
Yeah, yeah, you can make a. I don't know. You can make a. I can't remember. I haven't kept up with Minecraft updates. Uh, uh, like a, a special table, table yeah. 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 I don't know. Spoiler alert! Spo- spoiler alert for Minecraft. <laughs> you can build an enchantment table. <laughs> Have you ever seen a Minecraft speedrun? Speedrun? Like yes. to get to the end? Yes, because I saw. You know, recently there was um, the awesome games then Quick. Right? Oh yeah. And I saw, last year, I saw them do Minecraft. And what they did was they very quickly went and got to that end dragon and, and beat it. Huh. How and fast did they do it? They, basically, he dug a deep hole very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> it was very weird. And he also had, like, he had a, 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 um, a seed for a level that basically gave him, I walked two mm. steps over there, and there's the temple that takes you to the end. Yeah. So it Teeter. Really, it, was like, it was like a 10-minute thing. It was really, uh, you should probably look at that at some point, viewership. It's hmm. funny. I like the idea of speedrunning, and I like I like sort of speed demos, and I've actually like played around with doing speedruns of Quake and Mario 64. Um, so I can, I can finish Quake in under 30 minutes, and I can finish Mario 64 in under an hour. <laughs> um because so, I just I just enjoy those games. Uh, mm-hmm. They have really great controls, and, and you know if, if I play it enough, I have, I can't just pick a game to speed run. Like oh, I'm going to speed run Mega Man. I have to play the game really obsessively before I can speed yep. run it. And those are the only two games I played that much. Yeah, I suppose when I was little, I didn't really speed run, but I would play a game front to back. In no, I didn't like... do it when I was little. No, I do it now. <laughs> <laughs> like a day or a day or two. No, I used to. Day too impatient when I was little. <laughs> You play five minutes. I'm done with that game. What? Oh, I was the complete opposite. It's like, oh hey, I'm just gonna come home from school every day for like a month and play Guitar Hero. <laughs> uh, Guitar oh, Hero hey. did take a little bit. I did. I didn't. I tried to be on the expert level. I couldn't do it, and I got fed up. Yeah, I think the only one that I beat on expert was Guitar Hero too. I think Guitar Hero actually introduced me to a lot more music. Than, than the game, you know, like, I was like, oh, I like that song. Oh, like, yeah, that. yeah. You know, that, that was a, a big thing for me, was, you know, finding all these, these songs I like to get out here on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And then being introduced to the band and finding their yeah. whole collection of songs. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so th- those, those are great. Yeah, just the other day, one of my buddies was playing a, uh, a song on his keyboard, and I was like, know what song that is i heard it on guitar hero a couple years ago <laughs> it's it's towards the end of guitar hero 3 <laughs> yeah like uh what was the one everyone picked was it nice of sidonia i i don't remember now anyway that's how you know yeah if you looked it up, you'd know what I meant. Cause it's, it's oh, yeah, I, I, I know what song you're talking about. Oh, you do? You didn't yep. need that whole little bit where I go on. I was just helping you come up and remember it. But no, no, I'm, you, I, I was just letting you go <laughs> for all the people in the chat, you know, listening yeah. in. They might be like, oh, hey, no idea what that song is. Well, now you know. <laughs> Maybe. Um, yeah, we've had a, a couple people, music-oriented people, come on, and they're always fun doing little riffs yeah. and stuff, like just yeah. with their mouth. It's like, oh, you don't even need yeah. an instrument. 
Definitely, like, the one that comes to my name is Jonas Turner. We just... You know I moderate the Blambia stream, right? Yeah, he's scheduled for Valentine's Day. Oh, you've got him? You're gonna get him on the show? <laughs> yeah. Have I beat him to it? Yeah, take him Jonas. I'm on the show. Yeah. Yeah, he put a tweet out. Um, he's like, hey, if anybody's gonna be at G- GDC and you want to interview me, I'm up for it. And I was like, oh, hey, we should get Jonas Turner on the show. <laughs> Yeah. So I sent him a tweet, and he's like, "Yeah, sure." Yeah, you also need to get Yukio Kalio as well. Yeah, that'd be sweet. That's, you need to get them both together at the same time. Ooh. That would be great. A great. Maybe, show. maybe I'll hit up Jonas. It might and be, be a very like... drunk show, but it would be a great show. <laughs> be like, hey, so Ben said <laughs> I should get Yukio on as well. Yes, I think they'd have to both be together though. But yeah, well, they are, but they both live next to each other, so they, you know, they. You can get them together. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's because of the that's because of the whole Lambia stream thing. You know, yeah. I've been I've been moderating that stream for about a year. Um, which generally just like I, like I said, if I come back to that indie social life thing, I just I just hang around in places and I get to know people. You know. Um, yeah. yeah, they're very cool. Very cool. It's like on the sound designer front, you you watch a stream of Jonas making sounds and and. Yeah, they uh, they have like their foley sounds uh, stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, yeah, and it's it's really cool. Yeah, all the sound stuff. I I think I watched Divine once of Jonas oh, yeah, doing uh, crunching did, did, leaves. Yeah, it was just like ah, that's so cool. And then like I went down and brought my tablet to the uh, to the kitchen and was like trying to make sounds. And I was like, wow, I suck. <laughs> <laughs> I saw one and I linked it to Jonas. It was one of someone skimming a rock across an icy pond. And you think, what does that sound like? You know, it sounds like a rock. It doesn't. It sounds like laser beams. It goes, pew, 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 Oh, pew. is that the one where um, it's really cold out and it echoes? Yeah, it like echoes across the lake. And the guy is like, <gasps> <gasps> Yes, that guy. He freaks out. <laughs> I've <so> seen cool. <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh... Sound effects are great. Um, I really enjoy, like, uh, I, I, I try to enjoy lots of things outside of video games as well, you know? Mm-hmm. I feel like, because I'm, I'm, even though I worked as a programmer in games, I like being a designer more than a programmer. Yeah. I can I like, see that. I like being in control, because, you know, I'd have other people telling me to make features, and I'd be like, I don't really like that one. so much better this way. Yeah, don't do that. Do this, and I want my own control. And and when I, you know, when you're working at a company, you don't get that control. You have to, you know, you have to sign away your ability to make your own games at home and and all those kind of things, you know. Yeah. Um, so Which is so silly when you really think about it. It is. Well, I'd say that I could get permission, but you go through a big red tape hell. Yeah. You have to sign contracts. You have to go through meetings. You have to. Mm-hmm. You, if you just do it, you'll get in trouble. You know? Yeah, we. Oh, I did do some jams, but I didn't. I wasn't going to make money from those. Oh yeah. And, you know, I they'd have a hard time giving me trouble for that. Yeah, Dan Fessler came out a while back, and uh, he's working back at Zynga, and you know, he's he's also doing the art for, uh, or some of the art for uh, Chasm. Uh, who's and, that? Sorry? Uh, Dan Fessler. I'm not familiar with that one. Uh, we had him on at the end of season three, I think, Fort Rockcast forty-seven. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and we we were chatting because me me and him are, are buddies. Uh, we were chatting and he was he was telling us it was it was a group chat and uh, he's like oh yeah so I'm sort of working at Zynga again 
as art artist director guy or whatever and uh it's like yeah i just had to put down all the stuff so it's like chasm game unnamed platformer you know all these lists of games that he could work on so he, he's just like blurted out a bunch of random stuff so he's not stuck yeah. unnamed space adventure like, just random stuff. Sounds like, sounds like my game name. But yeah, I don't know what to call I never know what to name my games until the very end. I think only a few have I named them right at the beginning. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know what to call this. I don't know. Like, I don't even with this game Equilibrium. I think someone else has started making a game called Equilibrium. And, it's not, and there's a movie called Equilibrium. Yep, there's a movie. Uh, maybe I need to thinking of a different name. But I like it. Like, I don't want to change it. Yeah. Yeah, that was the first uh, thing that I thought of when uh, you said Equilibrium, and I was like, oh, that was a kind of cool movie. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen that movie. I should probably watch it. Yeah, it's got a uh, Christian Bale in it. Um, That's the one with the pointy grass, right? Pointy grass. The one with the girl, like, she has to come across a lawn of grass, and if you fall on it, it spikes. I don't think so. No, it was... It. It's a... Uh, I don't know, it's a weird psychological kind of movie like it's one of those like the government does a certain thing a certain way and somebody that works in the government realizes and is like wait maybe this isn't quite the right way to do it mm -hmm. um but it's not just government like it's not poli politics it's 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 sci-fi so it's like oh hey we're we're messing with our world this way maybe we shouldn't yeah yeah i get what you mean mm -hmm. um, I've been watching. I've been watching a few sci-fi movies because I, uh, you know, I like. I didn't mean relation to my video game and that AI stuff I was talking about. I watched um, what's that? Well, what's it called now? It's, it's got Johnny Depp in it and Morgan Freeman, and Johnny Depp is the machine. Um, not coming to mind. Was it called Prescience? Transience? Transcend? Transcendence? I think it was Transcendence. Oh, okay. Let me double check with my. University of Google degree. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was transcendent. So, what, what college did you get that at? <laughs> Google. <laughs> Google. <laughs> Google um, University? Uh, uh, just just Google. Yeah, my, the University of Google knows a lot. Uh, yeah, so there's this movie, Johnny Depp, and they, they copy his mind and they put it into a machine. And then, you know, he's a machine, so he becomes super machine powerful. And then they're talking about, like, machine ethics and, and all these kind of fun ideas. And everyone hates the movie. It's got 19% of Rotten Tomatoes. And I thought that was a bit mean, because I know that they gave Prometheus a lot more. Mm-hmm. I don't like that. <laughs> yeah, sometimes there's movies that are, like, rated really well, and you're just like, this isn't that good. And then there's movies that are just abominations, according to critics and reviewers, and you're like, how do you not think this is good? I mean, I'm not saying it's a great movie, I'm just saying it's not, what, 19 out of 100. Mm -hmm. But IMDb's a lot closer, it's got 6.3 out of 10, that's a lot more fair. 63% is a lot more fair than 19%. Mm -hmm. uh, that was like, I almost thought that was like some kind of boycott. And maybe it was. Conspiracy. Yeah, like, like maybe there's some kind of background story that happened. You gotta go start a wiki about the conspiracy theory behind this movie. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe there already is one. <laughs> I, I don't know, I just watched it. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't read too much into it. I just, I just looked at the reviews, because I tend to 
like sometimes I'll look at reviews and then watch a movie, and sometimes I'll just watch a movie and then look at reviews. I watched, I, I try to watch a lot of movies. I feel like it's, it's important as a as a game designer for for me to play loads of games and watch loads of movies and read books and do all of that stuff. Um, I don't. I try to play lots of games. Like I don't just play. You know, like if you say, "What kind of games you like?" Like, I like first-person shooter games. I like real time strategy games. I feel like I need to play all the games. I need to play like, I need to play Candy Crush. You know, I need to play all of it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, so I've been, I've been playing a lot of games lately. I've been playing like, um, I play Hearthstone, and I play. I've seen a Eight Six Eight Hack. What is that? Eight Second Hack. Eight Eight Six Eight Dash Hack by Michael Bro. No. Um, he, he's recently put that out on Steam, and I, I really like that game. Um, yeah, then I definitely haven't seen it. <laughs> it's on Steam. It's, it's, it's like a kind of cyber roguelike. Okay. It was originally on mobiles and, and, and tablets and things, and I didn't have any of those, so I'm like, I want it on PC. So now it is. <laughs> he he um, made it just for you. <laughs> no, no, not just for me. That's the game. But uh, no, he, he, did, he did put it. He's on Steam. So. Um. Yeah, I've been playing, like, uh, you, have you heard of The Last Express? The Last Express. Yeah. Uh, I think I've heard the name. I have no idea what it is. It's a, it's a rotos, is it rotoscope? Is that the word I'm using when they paint over people? Not sure. Let me check my university of Google yeah. degree again. Yeah, rotoscoping. It's where you take a picture of someone and you draw over it. They did it in that movie with, um, with, uh, Keanu Reeves. A scanner darkly. Oh, yep, yep. That, that's rotoscoping. So there's a game like that, and it's, it's from like 1993, and it's a point-and-click adventure that takes place in real time, and Fuck. you're on a train, the Orient Express, and you have to like solve a murder in point-and-click adventure time in a, in a real-time thing, and people are really moving through the cabins. So if you imagine a game like, I don't know, Monkey Island, The Day of the Tentacle, where, people, where the characters are progressing in their own little scenes, and you have to turn up at the right time to catch them. Hmm. So that was a really cool game. So I, I've been trying to try all these really cool games that like lots of people haven't heard of, and, and The Last Express is one of them. And it's really dated now. You look at it, and it's like you have to play it in DOS box, and it's like these sort of DOSy or rotoscopes. So it's a bit ugly and a bit janky now. But um, the ideas behind it really, really um, like sort of stimulate me and, and get me going on ideas because I like the idea of. Um, you know, like, I guess it's kind of like Majora's Mask, you know? Like, the, the, the city's doing its own thing, and you get to interact with it. I still need to play that. <laughs> you haven't played Majora's no. Mask? No, I just got into Zelda games, I think, middle of high school. I I never had Nintendo consoles growing up, except except a uh, Game Boy Advance SP. So, like, I, I was never... I didn't even really understand what Zelda was. I was just like, I don't get it. I don't know what's going on. It's just some oh, dude no. with a sword and, a, and an elf hat. I was a bit late to the party. I didn't... I didn't. I wasn't, you know, in the 2D Zelda time. I, I didn't have a Super Nintendo or a... Uh, what was before Super Nintendo? NES? Um, yeah, that's how I got into it. I got an NES. I didn't have... When I was the other side, I had a Master System and a Mega Drive or Genesis for you Americans. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, so it, I was, I it was, was a like, Sonic boy. <laughs> it was like 2010 when I got the NES, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know now you can play them all kind of on the internet. Yeah, I mean, too. No, you, don't, you, you buy them in the store. That's what I mean. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. yep. Um, 
but no, you can, you can, you know, this is, you can play basically anything else. Uh, yeah. The, the good old days. Um, and that's nice, because uh, all those games, you know, they really, really were influential back then, and I, I played, you know, I was, a, I was a Mega Drive person, and then I got Nintendo 64, and that's when I got Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask, and those games were pretty influential on me. Uh, especially the time thing, which was nice. That's that's a bit of a love hate thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I liked it in the town more than outside of it. Because I didn't like that when you beat, if you beat a dungeon in that game, uh, and you reset the clock, all the things that happened like afterwards, like oh the river's poisoned, and then you beat the dungeon and the river's fine. It goes back to being poisoned again. And oh. I'm like, no, no happy ending. <laughs> <laughs> Lazy programmers, that's that's all you can say. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was intentional, but... Uh, yeah. And now, only just now recently, because I've been in the PC world since, like, 16, I basically said, okay, I've got a, I, I played consoles growing up, and then I got a PC, and then I didn't look back. Mm-hmm. And now, recently, last Christmas, I got a 3DS. Okay. And I'm, I'm playing, like, Super Mario 3D Land. And I really like it. I think it's really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I really enjoy the 3DS. I don't have one, but I've... I spent a, a bit of time playing uh, the first couple of hours of Ocarina of Time, the remake oh. on it, and... The 3D's so cool, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like... The 3D, it depends on the game, I find. But yeah. Like, Super Mario 3D Land does it a lot, and it's really good for it. Uh, and I'm sure Ocarina of Time is, is too, I, I can imagine, you know, any kind of, like, mm-hmm. first-party Nintendo game, really. Because the other game I had was, uh, I, I had Super Mario 3D Land, I had Super Smash Bros, and I had Pokemon. Because mm-hmm. I hadn't played Pokemon since Red and Blue and Silver and Gold. <laughs> so it was like, I skipped a million Pokemons, I felt like, you know, I kind of grew out of it, that's what people do, right? Yep. <laughs> and, uh, so... I came back to it. I thought, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna come back to Pokemon. And I like it. I like the online part. I think online handhelds, that's really a bit weird for me. You know, I'm too used to Game Boy. And, and the idea of playing consoles online kind of blew my mind a bit when I finally got a PS3. <laughs> you know, because I grew up on Nintendo 64, PlayStation, PlayStation 2. Uh, and everything before that. Mm-hmm. And none of that, none of that was online. The idea of Fantasy Star Online was like, <gasps> that, that was, uh, yeah. It blew my world at the time. Yeah, and, uh, the, I remember always getting PS2 games, and it was like, online play, and I'm like, you must have to live in a, you must have to live in a mansion to be able to afford online. I don't even know how you took up your PlayStation. <laughs> like, you I must have some advanced Q-Q tech. I Rocket Online with my Dreamcast. <laughs> That was my first console online experience. I downloaded the custom levels. I like the puzzle mode more than the original mode. Um, yeah, so I, I, I did. I enjoyed a lot of like I like I like the idea of online gaming, and I like I'd like to make an online game one day. Mm-hmm. It's a bit scary, I think, for an indie to do. Yeah, I don't think you see many. Do you, I don't know. Do you, do you think there's many online indie games at the moment? Um, games that have like an online portion yes but just like solely online no maybe space station 13 comes to mind you say that one no oh, oh you've got to know huh. that, that's one you gotta look up after this space station 13 is like 
Um, it's like Dwarf Fortress in the way that it generates stories. It's like an online... Uh, it, it's, it's using this really horrible engine that barely works, but it's like the most amazing game. It's one of those kind of games that is, is dysfunctional and yet completely amazing. Hmm. I don't play it anymore because I, I it's too laggy for me. It's like, yeah, it's like a yeah. you know, 400 ping latency whenever you play, but all you do is move across the grid. <laughs> but you can do, it's like a fully little made space station. Like a tile-based space station, and it can all be destroyed, and, and, and everyone has little jobs. So it's one of those kind of little role-playing games. Mm-hmm. And it's based in rounds, and there's things like people are traders, and they're trying to take the ship down, and you can do things like, uh, you know, like this, um, uh, this is like warp core thing in the middle, and you have to, it's like a singularity, that's what I'm looking for. You, you capture a singularity to turn it on, and you can, like, breach the containment and it'll come through the wall and trash the map and kill everyone and it's mm-hmm. such a weird it's such a unique game let's put it that way i don't know any games that are like space station 13 so that's one i think people should look at you might not want to play it. it's not the game for everyone and it does have serious problems but like as a game designer point of view you got to know about it yeah well anybody that wants to check it out go look up a let's play or something on youtube Find out if it's for you. Go buy it. Enjoy it. Never stop playing it. <laughs> it's, it's free too. So you're, they're making, they're remaking it. I think. Really? So they're doing like a full on, you know, like they're, they're they're sorting the problems that they had to remake it in a new text. So I'm sort of super hype about that. Hype, hype. Choo <laughs> choo. Um. Yeah. yeah, so this, I've been playing a lot of different games. I, I, the, the, there's one more I'm going to go on about, and that was I'm playing, I'm getting a friend to play, a, 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 it's not a board game, it's a sort of floppy disk, choose your own text adventure, elite game in space. Mm-hmm. So, it's called Star Saga, okay. the Boundary. Okay, and can, can you just repeat that again? There was a lot going on there. It's a, it's a right. what? So you start off, you have, right, so you have to imagine now, I've got this, this game, it's in a box, a physical box. Okay. I open it, there's a map, a space map, a star map, it's little triangles, and you can, there's all these little planets on it, and you can go anywhere. Uh, and most of them are unlabeled, except for a few. And you have a floppy disk, it's mm-hmm. a floppy disk game, you put it in, it's the, it's the, it's like the GM for your game. And you have all these books, labeled A to H, with all the text adventure that stuff that would happen, like go to page A, page 36. Mm-hmm. And you tell the floppy disk, I want to fly to this planet, and it's a, it's like a, uh, it has a bit of proc gen, you know, it randomizes what planet you go to, and it's like, okay, you read book page, page 20, and it's like, you've reached the planet of Medsun, and it gives you all this lore, and you're like, you've got these six different options, and then you, you put the code into the floppy disk, and you're like, now you can do this, and it's combat and simulation. And it was really interesting, because it was a, it's a, 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 a role-playing game on a floppy disk with a physical board map and some books, and you can play it with several players together at the same time, and it was really weird and interesting. Hmm. So I guess I'm interested in the weird and interesting. And I think jams are kind of good for that. Mm-hmm. Yep, uh, jumping over to the IRC, uh, Sorceress has said a couple things. I was I was about to mention one, one thing that Sorceress said, but... Um, one of the comments is there's an old multiplayer floppy disk strategy space game that you might like called Stars with an exclamation Ooh, there's point. There's a wiki. I can look at it. 
Yep, there's a there's a link, and then uh, Sorceress oh, that, was that's asking. Just a, that's just about space, like stars. <laughs> yeah, Sorceress was asking uh, what what exactly you meant by online, and I was gonna mention this because it was uh, uh, real time online, turn based online, or online scores and daily challenges. Because there's a lot of that. You feel connected. Thirteen is real time online. <clears throat> I I think that was to the um when we were. At, when we were wondering if there were a lot of indie games with online portions. Oh, that part. Yep. Uh, okay. Because, I mean, okay. with with online scores and daily challenges, there's yeah, that definitely makes you feel connected. Um, yeah, I, I, I guess I feel like when it comes to multiplayer games, it's either kind of combat or Minecraft. Combat or collaboration, maybe? Well, like, you know what I mean. Like, the yeah. kind of crafting, building, exploring type of games. Mm-hmm. And uh, I feel like there's room for a lot more ideas in that sort of area that uh, you can um, you can just create any type of game. It doesn't have to be about, you know, combat. Like you have, I think about this, not just indie games, but with, like, big AAA ones. Uh, <laughs> um that you have, you know, your battlefields, and I think, okay, what, what, what are the big online games, and how many of them involve guns, right? Mm-hmm. So if I, if I ask you how many how many big games that you play online on your Xbox or on your PC involve guns and weapons and killing each other? Uh, personally, I, I'm not a big fan of FPSs, so... Well, not just Zero. FPSs, <laughs> also like, um, uh, like strategy games and mm-hmm. all the online games, a whole online skill. I would just not like which ones you play, but how many there are. No, how many there are. It's, it's, yeah, well, yeah. It's, it's like it's too like many. Percent of them, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's entirely about shooting people online, and I, I, I like the idea of you know I want to see an Animal Crossing online. I want to see, I want to see Dwarf Fortress online. I want to see like Space Station Fifteen. I want to see a bit of role play. I want to see a bit of, um, you know, I wouldn't say crafting now because we we kind of we've kind of entered that area. We've got that whole thing down. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I like the idea of having these games where you interact with people in, in new and interesting ways, and I don't. I think you can do that without making it competitive and about killing each other. Uh, I'm not particularly like. Well, I guess I am kind of weirdly anti-violence, but not not particularly. Um, but it just feels like it's 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 an easy option. You know, it's like what are we what are we going to do for an online game? You kill each other, you fight each other. It's, it's competitive. You can, um, I mean, people do do as well. I see social said on IRC, you know, you have cooperative combat versus an AI, and, and that feels very much in the same boat. You have like your, uh, your sort of co-op combat games. Uh, but I was thinking more, just this, it's, it's sort of strange. Like any, like anything, you can do anything you want. Mm-hmm. And that sounds a bit like an animal, but I mean, as a designer, right, as a game designer, you can make anything you want in the online space. Um, so I guess one that, that will come to mind is Transformice. Have you seen that one? Trans- Transformites? Transformice, yeah. Transformice, no. It's, it's like a Flash game, they put it on Steam now, and you're, you're little mice and you have to get the keys and get back, but you play with like 30 people in one little room and you have to try and get... It's kind of like, if, if you're playing Lemmings... But every player was a lemming, <laughs> and then one player had the control of the power of making things happen, and it tends to be mad things kind of happen. So that's 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 what I mean. Like just pure 
there's room for pure new ideas. Uh, and I always like the idea, you know, of trying to come up with, you know, innovative new things. And, and I feel like that with my jams, you know, I try and do, like, brand new control systems and things that aren't just, like, combat. Or I guess I do a lot of exploration. And, and I'd like to see more exploration online. That might be fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, just going off of that, it, there could be a cool game where everybody starts off in the same area. And people just have to go explore and uh, settle places as if... Uh... I, think, I think I remember hearing once, I think reading in a magazine about Mist Online. Uh-huh. Like, like that idea, like exploring, I don't know, solving puzzles, that sounds like you can just go straight to a wiki, so that might be a problem. Mm -hmm. But uh, that, that sort of online exploration game, I could really dig that. Maybe, I think people are getting a bit hyped about No Man's Sky, maybe that'll be... Oh it. yeah, I suppose that's kind of the same. Same thing. Though. I don't know. I don't know with No Man's Sky. It's, it's, uh, I, I'm, I'm not quite sure what I'll be doing when I play the game. Yet. Yeah, I wonder how many people have thought about that. Oh, I'm gonna go! <laughs> well, that's what I think, you know, you, uh... you see this thing, you're like, you're like, this big world, but I don't know what I'm going to do when I play the game. So in that way, I still have to reserve judgment. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm a bit wary of having my imagination captured. Because I feel like that's like I feel like with like Kickstarter and things, if you if you sort of let your imagination run away from you when you think about a game, you you'll be a bit disappointed when you get the reality. And I'm not saying that the game will be bad. It's just mm -hmm. saying that your imagination will always come up with better. Yeah, and that's that's even worse for uh, non-game developers because, like when I was little, I didn't understand you know the whole a game can only go to so, so many extents, you know. Mm -hmm. Like, a game like this, if, if I was eight years old again and I saw No Man's Sky, I would think that there's infinite possibilities and that there are no limits when, yeah. you know, computers do have limits. Well, they might do, you know, like, you talk about, like, Minecraft's infinite maps, you know, you have, you have like, what you call theoretically infinite, but they also, because they have a pattern, they become eventually all the same. Yep. So, that's, that's what might happen, like, that's why you wonder when you play No Man's Sky, it might be like, every dinosaur is different, but they all actually look rather similar. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. I don't know. I haven't played it. I, uh, I'm interested to find out. That's, that's, that's what I would say. Yeah, we'll have to, have to wait and see. Mm -hmm. Sorceress, if your puzzles are procedurally generated, then players can't just go to a wiki. Hmm. Well, you say that, but the, the... Well, like, you know, you think about Nuclear Throne, right? You, you know about Nuclear Throne. No, no, never heard of it. It, that must be some obscure indie game that That's nobody's... super obscure. I mean, who who's working on it? They probably have never even released I a know, game before. So <laughs> <laughs> That's my revenge for being like a mod on the wiki for so long. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I can't say, I can't say nothing. Um, yeah, uh, you know, they have a lot of prop game stuff. But I guess they do. You know, they have a wiki all about all the... Or you, or you could... I guess you could come up with algorithms once you start. If you say, you know, they're, they're proctored, you, you could have a sort of... If you could figure out the algorithm and how they're proctored, you can algorithmically solve them, and then they all become the same again. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the levels do follow a formula, so to say. Like, there are... Like, the, um, the snowy place is a lot more corridor-based. Yeah. So, there is kind of a algorithm along the lines that you're just saying like you could solve it 
Yeah, but so, I think they're different yeah, enough. I should time. give you with a bit of a bad example. Yeah, probably. All the stuff that they, they that is in the wiki is stuff that they put in the Procton. Like they don't, you know, like all the enemies are they're not Procton enemies. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's uh, I'm trying to think. What about Procton? Like you know, Minecraft is obviously one with a lot of wikis, and they just tell you a lot of information about what you can encounter. So you're like. What's this? And then you look it up. Mm-hmm. That's 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 one way you can work on that. Yeah, that would that'd be interesting to see if somebody could somehow create some sort of procedural generation uh, maps or something that, so to say, it would be challenging. Because when when you face um, a mob in Minecraft, it's almost always the same. You just go up and you attack them, and then you hide behind cover. You know. If if there's a uh, a skeleton shooting you, because that sucks. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. It's just kind of going off the idea of the whole nuclear throne. How like your environment totally changes how the battle goes. With with Minecraft, it's it's always kind of the same thing as long as there's not lava around. Yeah, really. Once you the the big difference is when you start playing the maps that people make for Minecraft. Mm-hmm. That's that's so that's like a big way to have lots of fun, definitely in that game. Yeah, because people create these great puzzle sections and then all these really cool, you know, things. And just like exploration is, is that's that's why I play Minecraft. I, I like exploration. Hmm. Um, yep. Yeah. Minecraft just has so much in it that there's always something to do. Like you get sick of doing one thing, you just go do another. Mm-hmm. I don't want to go mining. I'm gonna go build something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, I was just thinking there's one more thing I was thinking about that I was going to mention mm-hmm. about like you know I was talking about um, all these all these things that sort of I, I feel like designers should do about like, playing games and, and reading books and the last one I was going to mention was watching movies because I've been watching a lot of movies recently okay over, over a long time I like to watch all the classics and all this kind of stuff like I've been watching Stanley Kubrick now oh, okay uh I saw the movie Paths of Glory, and that's black and white. <laughs> that's that's a really good movie, by the way. Uh, but I like the idea of learning. Like, you want to learn about writing for making games. You want to learn about cinematography for making games. Mm-hmm. Because if I want to make, you know, I, I, when it just comes to like showing the beginning of a level of level one. And the way I use the camera, this if you just look at all the different camera tricks, and, you know, I looked a little bit at Empire's, like, top 100 camera shots. And there's so much you could learn about, you know, film and, and, and cinema mm-hmm. that, that I think I think is sort of very important. Uh, I, I don't say, like, it's very important, because obviously you could make a game without it, but it's, it, it, it feels like when you make a game, you're sort of taking all these other fields, like psychology movie making and writing and art and you know the technical side of code and you're push, squishing them all together in one little package of entertainment Ooh, yeah. i just thought of a, a game based off of that um you could you could create this gorgeous world right um i guess in my mind i'm kind of thinking along the lines of a, a mix between like proteus and the witness like if you if you were to merge those two together so, something like that um and the player just has a camera, and they have to use cinematography techniques and take pictures. The game scores them based off of 
uh, you know, all the different rules. And then there's also like an online leaderboard where you can get voted up and down. And it, it wouldn't really be it like... Be like a mix of like pilot wings in the camera taking mode. And like, uh, but like, what was I in my head? I can't remember. But yeah, it it does a bit crazy. It wouldn't really be like a game at the point. It would just kind of be cool. Like, oh, oh hey, like, wow! I, like I never thought that you could get that camera angle with that place. Like, that's really yeah. cool. <laughs> One of the things, like I said, I was playing Pokemon, Pokemon X and Y. And there's a little section of the game. It's pretty weird. I, I was a bit weird there because there's whole stuff about fashion in the game and style. And mm-hmm. It's very much modeled after like Paris and, and French fashion. And I was finding that all very strange, but very good as well because you know it's something you don't see in video games. And I, I like that. But one of the things you do is you get photographers to take pictures of you. And I'm <laughs> like, okay, you can you can pay and, and you give everyone tips. And I'm a British person. I'm like tips. You're tipping everyone. Since when do you do that in, in a game like Pokemon? You know? <laughs> They're like, do you want to give a tip? I'm like, no. <laughs> talking about the tip. <laughs> but in, in a video game, at least, you know, you don't, you don't go to the vendor store and like, do you want to give the vendor a tip? No. No, I don't. So that was that was weird. The idea of tipping in video games was, was an interesting idea. But also, with these photographs, I was saying, I would I like to play with them. And you're supposed to take a picture like you're a tourist in front of an object. And instead, I just play around and try and create the most crazy, artsy photograph I could. <laughs> yeah, see, something like that. I mean, you get all sorts of stuff. People would be interested in photographing different things. and there could It could even be a procedurally generated world where every day there's different different stuff to take pictures Proteus of. Proteus meets Pokemon Snap? Yeah. There we go. <laughs> Make it. <laughs> yeah, just, uh, I played play some other games. Some, uh, I don't know who made it. I can't remember. It was like one of these really, really small, obscure games where you just walk around a little city someone made. And that's all you do. You walk around a little city someone made. And it was cool. I just enjoyed it. Like, you just explore. You see weird things. And it was very weird. It was one of those kind of... Uh, you know, like like high art kind of type of things where you you there's a lot of kind of strange abstract things in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I enjoy I, I enjoy a lot of things, so I, I didn't mind. Um, and I, I like exploration. I definitely um, I like the idea. Like I like going in Google Maps, getting the little the little street cam out, <laughs> placing it down in a city, and looking around. You know, I like doing that and looking up and down the roads and exploring, like, without actually having to go out the comfort of my own home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, without being a weirdo, like, looking at some... I like, like, um, you know, you know Ed Key? Yep. Proteus guy. <laughs> you know how much he likes... Yeah, yeah. And how much he likes nature? Uh-huh. I'm kind of like that for cities. I like, I like, I like um, looking at, you know, all these sort of... I feel like cities are really super interesting, like really dense ones, like like London or Tokyo or, or, or one like that. Mm-hmm. You know, you can really... Uh, I think especially, like, one of the first ones I looked at was Tokyo, you know, and you go in and you look at the little streets and you're like, everyone's, everyone's crammed in and there's so much... Like, if you were playing a game, there'd be so much to look at in every street. Mm-hmm. Maybe Shenmue was the beginning of that, where you can, like, you can buy little capsules and it was so abstract and, and not important but so so much of that made the game great mm-hmm. uh, so I, I really enjoy exploration and I, I'd like to make a game about exploration although it's not really what I'm good at because I'm not artistic for, uh, and I feel like an exploration game is a rather artistic endeavor 
Well, with like everything, just can take practice. You can do it. <laughs> yeah. Do it. No, you just get a team. That's what you do. That's my advice. You don't do it all yourself. You get someone who's good at that, and you do it. You work together, and you you make a game. But that's a bit like relationship advice, you know. If you don't meet somewhere, it doesn't happen. Yeah. Well, I I thought you were about to go down the line of oh, you you get a team together, and then you start a AAA studio. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, a, a small team. I'm cool yeah. with that. Get it on Kickstarter. Get a, get a couple of hundred thousand dollars. If you have a couple hundred thousand dollars, maybe you can go down that route and hire a bunch of people. But uh, if you don't, then you're gonna have to get, you have to go make some friends. <sighs> <laughs> was that a bit too hard? A bit too close to home? Yep, yep, it totally was. No, because I feel like I'm doing it myself. You know, <laughs> I'm, do, I'm doing all this stuff myself, and it is hard. And it's demoralizing too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it can be. Yeah, uh, I just did the GMC Jam this past weekend, because um, I wanted I wanted to do Global Game Jam, but you have to go to a oh, location yeah, for that. I'm sorry for what you said, but I, I, which one did you do? Uh, the GMC Jam, uh, Game Maker Community. It, it was going on at the same time, and I was like, I, I want to jam, so whatever. I've never been in, like, I've never really used Game Maker, and I don't know about the Game Maker community. Yeah, I haven't used it in a while, but... It's it's one of those, like, you ride a bicycle, you use it once, you can use it forever. Um, <laughs> well, I'm a bit like that with Flashpoint now. Mm-hmm, yeah. And, uh, so, I did that, and then it was just me and, uh, a sound guy, and we were looking for a musician, or, oops, we were looking for an artist, and, uh, we found one, and then the sound guy, he decided to go out and get, like, five vo- voice artists. <laughs> And I was like, holy crap, our team's like eight people. <laughs> you know, just for a little weekend jam. It was like, holy crap. And like, yeah. It can just get out of hand really quickly when you bring a bunch of people on. Yeah, yeah that I was... Did, I have worked with other people a little bit. I did do a jam with someone once, and I've done like a few... Like, I worked on this this game, this equilibrium, a little bit more pure, but they, those, those sort of concepts didn't work out, so I went back to sort of doing it myself. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I, I feel like it's possible to be a self-reliant game developer. You know, people like Terry Kavanagh, they, they were very inspirational to me. You know, he, although he does work with other people, he gets amazing music in. Have you noticed that? Like, like that's getting some really good music in your game is important. Yeah. And I definitely want to think about Terry's games. You know, they are great games, and I really like them. But they also have some really killer music to really drive that wedge in. Like, you're really going to like this game. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah I guess that, that is the one thing I'm, like, I'm not going to be able to wing music i got to get someone mm-hmm. yeah that's that's who we had on uh, the previous broadcast was uh, Magnus Paulson the guy that did the V music for Terry yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah killer killer music I, I've me and him chat a bit now and like he'll just randomly write stuff he'll be like oh I'm feeling something and just like and it's like how do you do that? I've tried to make music for years. I've played around in little programs, and it's probably the hardest thing to pick up for me than of all the older sort of skills that I've tried mm-hmm. to learn. Yeah, it's. I think it's. Really it comes tough. naturally to you, or it doesn't. Like, there's so much you need to know. Like, it really is. Like, you. You. Do you can you play an instrument? No. You know. Uh, I mean, you don't need to play an instrument to make music. Like, mm-hmm. That's fair. But um, it helps. 
Yeah. You know, <laughs> if you can play guitar, it helps. And if you know about music, it helps. And, and I've watched, you know, a lot of streams and I know some of the words, like, you know, about like reverb and delay and distortion. And, <laughs> yep. And like, I don't know what those things mean. Maybe I'm Trouble. just like, you know what I'm doing now. And then like, you collect a load of samples and you collect all these plugins. And, you know, you can pretend to be a music maker, but I, I, I have a very hard time because I work on it for a few hours and I decide, this sounds terrible, I'm going to ditch it all. And I guess that's kind of like maybe what people do with art sometimes, you know, you decide, my art is atrocious, i got to get rid of it. Mm-hmm. But they did say, I know, you know, Yukio you know, have said that it's all about layers and you're going to have lots of layers, so... Maybe I'll come it's back. It's like an onion. Them, but... You just gotta have all of them layers. <laughs> like an <laughs> See, you're going about this all wrong. They, you know what? They should make a, a sound tool now called Ogre. There's an engine called Ogre already. <laughs> I know. That's all. That's that was the first thing I thought of when I was saying it. I was like, oh no, he's gonna bring up Ogre 3D. Keep programs in C++. He totally knows about it. <laughs> Do we, not, do we not want to talk about that? Is that a forbidden topic? No, it was just... I don't know. Now now you can't make a, a sound studio called Ogre, unless it was Ogre Sound or Ogre something else. Well, not... not yeah, there, I think there is a little bit of a problem right now with people treading on each other's toes in terms of names. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you Lambie Reddit with Wasteland Kings. And, uh... Yep. Yeah, I was so sad when they changed the name, but it's grown on me. It still hasn't grown on me. I still like Wasteland Kings. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone else says they like Wasteland Kings, but I don't. I like Wasteland Kings. Yeah. Um, it's got a cool name to it, but yeah. I, Nuclear Throne's pretty sweet now. I guess. Like, At first, I was just like, Nuclear Throne? How unoriginal. <laughs> uh, well, they made it work, didn't they? They made it the whole end of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, no, I, like, I like it. Not as much as Wasteland Kings, but I like it. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the best you're gonna get from me. <laughs> so, um, working with the Flambeau team, uh, well, not yeah, really, not not really working with them, but like yeah, being being a mod for them. No, I'm, a, I'm like a friend of the family. That's what it feels like to me. <laughs> like I'm, I, I, you know, I know, and it's not like like you see Flambeau. That's Rami and JW. I actually know like Paul and Jonas and, and yeah. Okay, let, let me start that over. Being acquaintances with. With the Flambeer being their mod. With the Nuclear Throne team. That's that's a better way. There we go, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Interacting <laughs> with the Nuclear Throne team. Uh, yeah, so... yeah, I interact with them twice a week, so yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, uh, like, do you do you hear about stuff before the public does ever? Or do you mostly just really. discover I stuff? I think you'd have to be there in person to yeah. hear that beforehand. Because you know, the only time I ever had information like that was when I was person when I'm at the game Oops. city. Uh, you know, I, I don't really, I don't, I'm not like, give me the secrets, you know, I don't, I don't poke a prime. Mm-hmm. I, just, I just come along and I, basically I hang out, that's all I yeah. really do. I'm working, the stream comes on, I open it, and I work and I hang out, that's really what I do. <laughs> and then you always say hi to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you 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 turn up, I noticed you've been in there a few times, and you, you know, you, you're like me, you pop up everywhere. Yeah. I pop up in a whole bunch of different places. Yeah, there was that one day where we ran into each other like three times mm-hmm. on the web. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, like uh, it's... okay. <laughs> hey, Ben. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's definitely like 
it does feel like it's actually a smaller community than you think, the indie scene. Mm-hmm, yeah, like, there's, there's almost kind of, we're going to overuse this word today, layers. Like, there's, like, the inner circle, and then you expand it a bit, and then you kind of get, like, the main community, and then you, like, get an outer circle, which is people starting to get into it. Yeah, well, that being said, I do feel an awareness that there is there is sort of what I would call, like, Twitter indie, which is like this sort of, you know, the big the big names, and everyone's famous, and we know all these people, and they're yep. all big people, and they all go to GDC, and they all go to all these events, and then there's the people who I know who don't go to GDC, who never go anywhere, mm-hmm. who are not known by anyone, and it's like the secret hidden backdoor Indian. It's not, it's not the Indian that we're now, <laughs> but... Uh, no, that's a different thing. It's definitely a, a, an alternate indie, and I feel like I'm somewhere in between indies because I, I mean, that's kind of what I am now. It's like no one, no one really knows who I am apart from people who are sort of involved in in, in indie game dev. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, until I have a big title to my name, I think that won't change. Yeah. Um, that's, that's how it is and, sometimes. But there, there's definitely a lot of people. Like I, I have you know friends who I've met through through like Lundic and things who I know who are making fairly big games and no one knows who they are. And then you're like, that's you know, it's definitely not like a a thing where you know the best are, are always at the top. I know it's a it's a bit of a social thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I guess that's true of all sort of things, you know, like Oscars and all these other sort of different things. But uh, there's definitely an awareness that uh, it's a very social thing. The NBC. Yeah, it's yeah. It's, I think that's true for any industry, really. Is like, I mean, even like you hear about books, like there will be a book that's been out for years, and then one day the right person will find it, and it just blows up, and they they get a movie made out of it, you know, just because <laughs> just because like a certain certain person or a group of people found it and just marketed it like crazy. Oh, you gotta check out this book. <laughs> so yeah, kind of the same thing with the games, so to say. Like, if, if you have the right connections and you market your game just right, then everyone will know. But you could make a really awesome game and nobody knows about it. <laughs> I don't think you can make an awesome game and know. Well, you probably... Depends. I, you know, like, the people who I know, their games aren't out yet. Or, you know, they, they... Like, it might be people who we know about in the future. I don't know. Like, mm-hmm. my game isn't out yet. This other person's game is now here. I can't be like, oh, I'm not famous when I didn't release a video game. That's not how it works. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so we'll have to see how it goes. But I definitely, you know, there's so many game makers at the moment. And there's definitely games. You hear about games and you don't always know who the developers are of those games. And those are the people who are kind of, you know, they, they're they're under the radar and there's a lot of people under the radar and I think there's a lot of people who actually like I talked to a few people and some people aren't that keen on the indie scene as, as how it's seen right now mm-hmm. um, and I'm not really you know I, I'm, I'm sort of like I like I like being social and I like interacting with people but um, there, there's definitely some there's sort of like this sort of secret uh, not not secret it's like unspoken thing where some people are like, uh, you know, they don't like, they don't like like Twitter drama, you know. Uh, and there's Twitter drama every week, every minute. Yes. Like, oh my goodness. Uh, so the point you say, would you would you advise someone to use Twitter? Like, I've never used Twitter before. Should I get Twitter? And I'm like, I'm not sure because I don't know if you really want. I want to expose you to this hell that we've discovered that is Twitter. <laughs> it's all who you follow, though. Like. Really, I I know people that have completely different 
like, Twitter is a completely different website. Like, even just between, like, the two accounts that I have, they're, like, completely different experiences. That's, that's true, I guess. I mean, I follow other, other game developers. Mm, uh, yeah, and then especially... That way, any, any drama bounces back around, you know? That's, that's what it feels mm, like to me. Yeah, all the hashtag crapgate... Yeah, yeah, we, we know where you we know where you're going with that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that's the first thing that came to mind when I heard drama. I was like, oh my goodness. Yeah, but even before then, there there has been drama. Mm. There is always drama every week. There really is drama. Uh, drama. You know, it's it's um, it's something that I I sometimes think: do we have to actually deal with? I mean, I'm not saying do we have to like, like. Do we have to put ourselves up on that pedestal that, that puts us in that risk, you know? Yep. Like, if you if you let the games take all the the the, the credit, you know, like if you think about like Call of Duty or whatever, you don't. Do we know who the lead designer is on Call of Duty right now? <laughs> no. <laughs> you know, uh, and those people should make a lot of money. Those people are pretty big players in game development, but mm-hmm. they're hiding under the scenes, and I and I can't blame them. Because of all the stuff that I see happening to indies. Yeah, there wasn't yeah. there. Do you remember a year ago there was some guy? I think he was working with Call of Duty. Um, there was some bug in the game, and people were sending him death threats for it. Or he, I think oh, he right. removed a gun or something, or mo- modified one of the guns in an update. That sounds familiar. Yeah, I think he nerfed. The, I think he nerfed the multiplayer somehow. Yeah, and everybody was like, "Oh, I'm gonna go." killed this guy and he had to like evacuate his home or something because people were calling him or oh my goodness it's, it's just terrible it's, it's ridiculous it's people who you know these these people who do these things they have no justification for it there is no real justification for those things like i don't even understand how you can feel that way honestly like how, how can you mind, if you're like if you're like 15 years old even when you're 15, I I never felt so angry that I wanted to just kill someone, like, or send them a death threat. They, <laughs> this is gonna be like a review. I don't think they actually want to kill people. They they just really really want to hurt them, like like emotional, like yeah. just like mental abuse. I and suppose. I don't think you know that there's not that many people who actually go kill people. But what they're doing is they they it's almost as bad because they're just they're seriously psychologically hurting people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's what those death threats are to me. They're like, they're like, I'm going to throw you the hardest psychological abuse I can. Over multiplayer. <laughs> over, yeah, over the stupidest things. Yo, if you exactly. don't want it being, if you don't want it being broken, go get a computer science degree and go work in games. There you go. It's a really sad, bad day for the, the whole scene. You know, uh, and games, and, and, and it's still terrible. And I, I can't blame anyone who wouldn't touch you with a 20 foot pole. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Alright. Um, oh, source. On that, on that bright note. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's get one last topic. Uh, Sorceress just said depends how important the game is to the person. Yeah. Yeah, I I see people bond with games that people haven't really ever bonded with other types of media. Um, well, kinda. Well, there's a lot of games now. But yeah. Well, that's my kind of weird logic. It's like you know, I I am so spoiled for choice for video games right now. 
aren't we? <laughs> uh, yeah, there's a lot of good choices. Uh. Alright, well, if anybody wants to ask anything in the IRC, go right ahead. Uh, I'll, or else we're going to end this in the next couple of minutes. Probably, I, I feel we should cut it off at hour 30 that try to get like on the dot that'd be pretty cool <laughs> yeah i think we i think we've been yeah almost an hour 30 so yeah it was good any questions any questions no. questions questions sorceress flood killer indie uh, fan question yeah there's a guy in here named Ooh, i'm getting a question come on it's saturday man all right <laughs> Are you, are you still thinking of it? Actually, I don't have it. You were supposed to come up with a question I asked. See, I, I didn't have one. Oh, you you need me to give you a question to ask me. <laughs> I had a little piece of paper. It's like things I might remember to talk about. Uh, <laughs> I talked about pretty much everything on it. Perfect. Except, except, the, except the one thing I've written on it, which is RoboCop. Well, I don't know anything about RoboCop, so... Uh... You know... How many shots, how many different camera shots there are in the movie Robocop? I'm going to say over a hundred. <laughs> I, I think there's about one every three seconds or something like that. Mm -hmm. But I wanted to find out because I've been watching Robocop because I come downstairs and I watch it on the telly. It's like 12 o'clock at night and I can't quite sleep and I, I don't want to be at the computer anymore. And it's Robocop on TV because that's how I watched a lot of movies, you know, when I was younger. It's like when... When you first can stay up late, and you're like, oh, I can stay up late, and let's watch a movie. And then you watch the end of yeah. you watch the end of it. I've watched the end of Fifth Element like twenty times. Oh, I can't stand that. You gotta watch a movie start to finish. Oh. I, I want to, but when you're watching it on TV, you have to. You know, I, I didn't have you know. It's Just change like to another channel. <laughs> yeah, it was there was Netflix then, you know. Yeah, that definitely helps too. Um, and yet it's just because it's on and you're like, I want to watch the end. I want to watch this. And I, and I did that for lots of, lots of movies. But uh, I weirdly got this fascination on Robocop because they kept putting it on TV all the time. And I, you know, like I said, I'm interested in this thing about getting good, getting better at, at, at making and watching movies. I don't think Robocop's the best example to pick of a really good movie. But mm -hmm. I thought I'd pick it for camera shots. Mm -hmm. Right? So, uh... I thought, how many how many camera shots are in that movie? Because I want to know how much effort it takes to make a single like how many scenes and parts you have to set up and the exact amount of effort. Because I'm very much like that. I like to kind of try and fry things apart a little bit. And yeah. Because when when you start, because I found that I when I watch movies, I just I don't I don't think about how they're made. But then I started watching them, and I started like the fourth time Robocop on TV. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna watch, like, I'm gonna watch about how they make things. And I'm like, so what angles do they do, and what, 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 you know, how are they setting up each of these little scenes, and what, what props are they using, and mm -hmm. how difficult would it have been to get that in one take? And I noticed they have a lot of explosions, so that would have been really expensive. Oh, yeah. Make sure all the actors are doing the right things in the face of those explosions. And I think video games—that's really easy too. Because <laughs> you know you can you can you can create an explosion for nothing compared to in a movie. Yeah. Yeah, there was a so, class that I took in middle school that was all about this. Um, 
and it just so happens that the Super Bowl is tomorrow, which is what we did in the class. We we watched Super Bowl ads, and we had to dissect them, because it was a communications class, and we were studying advertising. So you had to... There, were, there was, like, three different things that we had to look for. One of them was how many shots they took. And it is insane how many different camera angles and, like, switch, switch cameras yeah, that they like have bam, 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 in 30 bam, bam. seconds! <laughs> and you don't notice until you, like, realize it, and you pay attention to it. So, like, if anybody needs something to do during the Super Bowl commercials tomorrow, there's something to do. Shots. Yeah, because yeah, that's, that's what I found. I was, I was counting the shots in Robocop, uh, and I was also looking at all the... I was thinking, like, okay, this is a person. You can you can act that part. This part is CG. That's more difficult. This part... They even got, like, claymation in there in that movie. Mm-hmm. They have the... You know the big uh, Ed 209? The, the big robot. Yep. Yeah, I have come to destroy you. <laughs> Who can't handle stairs? I didn't, didn't know. That. I've never watched it. I only know oh. tidbits. It's a big robot, and he chases Robocop, and Robocop goes down the staircase, and the big robot can't handle it and falls down the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Proving like, oh, can I make it? No, I can't. I fall down. <sighs> Alright, so Flood Killer has asked our final question! Final, final, final question. Uh, what do you define as a roguelike, Ben? I know Flood Killer personally, and he's trolling me by asking that question. He's trolling me about the seven day roguelike where I made a game that he said wasn't a roguelike. I had a feeling there'd be something like this happening. It, it was a stupid <laughs> personal troll question. <laughs> That's why it's got a little smiley face on the end. So you say, I'm not going to answer that question. I'm not going to dignify with a response. You signed a contract, Ben. That's you told. <laughs> he's just mad because his team lost. And uh, he, he's a Green Bay Packers fan. Ooh. <laughs> uh, I live in Minnesota, yeah. so I'm... Our, our two states are rivals. Ooh. Uh-oh. Flood Killer doesn't, wanna, doesn't ever want to listen to me again. Lost, oh, yeah. lost a fan. <laughs> so do you want to do you want to define a roguelike in a sentence? You know what's funny? I I've been thinking about the word roguelike. Oh, I think how funny how funny it is that we don't use the words uh, like on anything else. You know, because there was once upon a time people were called again a first person shooter a doom like, and that was an actual word that people used. You know, mm-hmm. in magazines it was a doom like. And roguelike now means, you know, obviously these things about uh, permadeath and making levels and uh, project levels and all that kind of mm-hmm. thing. But uh, if I said, you know, um, League of Legends is a Dota-like, you can't say that. You know, that's, it has to be a rover. Uh, and, and I have all these great <laughs> ideas about, you know, like genre and that that's such a weird kind of, um, a weird sort of phrase to use. I mean... MOBA is multiplayer online battle arena. Is that like Counter Strike? <laughs> oh, is it Team Fortress? What was? Yeah. <laughs> um, so to me, they're all Dota likes, but you can't say that now. <laughs> but roguelike, you can. So I don't know. Help me figure that one out. Yeah, you know what? Let's let's start a movement. We'll, we'll start a hashtag movement. Uh, what? Hashtag Dota like. <laughs> I was thinking hashtag rename the roguelike, and everybody hashtag, can suggest names. Hashtag genres are a bad idea. There we go. 
because genres I, I get a feeling like genres aren't it's this weird sort of thing like I don't want to make a game that's in a genre because that's I feel like my game's a bit too easy to describe it isn't original enough for instance I, I have this weird thing I like to try and be original and it's not for everyone and, and it doesn't mean that it's a good game but I try you know I, I get the idea that if I make interesting controls and ideas it's going to be an interesting game I think a lot of my jam games are sort of like what is it it's a platformer and I have to call it a platformer because it's the only genre I know of mm-hmm. oh it's just another indie platformer <laughs> <laughs> puzzle platformer then now you're especially winning whoa uh. All right. Well, I think we'll wrap this up. So, uh, thanks for thanks for joining me, uh, not yeah, no, not no, us. No. I was about to say us, and I was like, "There's us, <laughs> all all one of us." Um, <laughs> yeah, thanks for putting up my ramble. Yeah, no problem. Uh, if you want to stay for a minute or two after the show, uh, feel free to. But uh, we will wrap it up. Thank you for listening in to broadcast number 54 of Indie Radio. This broadcast was broadcasted live on 1000 mics and was recorded using Adosti. Our next show will be on February 14th, 2015 with Jonas Turner and possibly Yukio Kalio. Thank you again for listening and have a fantastic weekend.